0: This is The New School with your host, Christine Hong. Welcome to a new kind of school where we talk about career paths you don't normally get to hear about in the classroom. Every episode, I talk to someone with an interesting life path and learn about how they got to where they are today. My guest today is Richard Servate. When I first met Richard, we were both software engineers together at Yahoo in the Bay Area. Now, just five years later, he is living full-time off doing comedy in L.A., already making six figures a year. I've been completely blown away by how much this guy has transformed the past few years. Today, we're gonna talk about how he pulled off his big career move and how he makes a living off performing stand-up comedy now, and also how he's helped found two stand-up clubs, The Setup and The Bunker, and is a co-producer for the biggest comedy festival in Los Angeles, the Southland Comedy Festival. Welcome to the show, Richard. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: All right. So when we met, I knew you had started your own comedy club, but I had no idea you wanted to go professional and do it full time. How did you even get started in comedy?
1: So the first time I wanted to do comedy was in college and there was an open mic at UCSD at uh, Porter's Pub and I went there and I had my set all written out and I was like, I'm going to put my name on the list and I just couldn't do it and I and I didn't perform for a long time. That was a two thousand four, and then it literally took me seven years before I got the courage to go on stage.
0: Like you were just there checking out a show, and they were asking for people to perform.
1: It was an open mic, yeah, so anybody could perform.
0: But you had material written.
1: Yeah, I'd prepared material because I was like, I'm gonna do this.
0: When did you start writing comedy material?
1: Yeah, I probably like got the idea that I wanted to perform. You know, like two thousand two, and then uh, but then. So I started like writing a set, and then, but when I got to actually the moment before I was going to do it, yeah, I, I just panicked. Yeah, and then I just put it on the back burner. I was like, "Oh, this is something I, I can't do." Oh, and now I remember. So then, um, May 2011, I went to Puerto Rico. I went sc- uh, scuba diving, and I uh, I almost drowned. What? Yeah, I almost drowned in Puerto Rico. I yeah, straight up almost died and uh and now you're here <laughs> and, uh, and yeah and it, I had I had like a cheesy like uh you know lifetime movie moment where I was, <laughs> I was laying on the rocks like <laughs> like I barely pulled myself out of the water I was laying there and then like you know just wondering if someone's gonna get me and I was like if I ever get back <laughs> to America <laughs> I will do stand-up comedy, I promise myself.
0: <laughs> Should that be the episode description? From drowning to comedian.
1: <laughs> I guess, yeah. Amazing. I mean,
0: so was that your number one passion, kind of? Because that was the first thing you thought of when you, when you were drowning.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think comedy was always a big thing for me because, um, I mean, that was, that was basically the only thing that kept me sane because uh, I had such a, like, weird childhood that like the only thing that made any sense was comedy. The one rock was always like, oh, I can watch like really funny movies, I can watch stand up and stuff like that. And so that uh, like brought some relief. And so that really made me, um, I think I just developed an attachment to to stand up.
0: How do you even get to perform on stage though? Like what's the process? Like I, I don't really have any idea.
1: Well, okay, so now it's a lot easier. There are like Facebook groups where they'll they'll they have a schedule and stuff like that.
0: But Somebody... are these like Facebook groups called like stand up comedy or something?
1: Basically, yeah. Like there's <laughs> okay, okay. there's one in uh, there's one called the Bay Area Comedy Network. And they um... have it's just like they will have like an Excel spreadsheet that you can download that, you know, has a list of all the mics and people have worked to like kinda, you know, whatever, combine their information. Yeah.
0: Okay, so after that first show, did you uh, keep performing or did you take a break or what, what, yeah, what was, it was
1: next? Yeah, it was interesting because I was like, oh, now I have to do that again.
0: <laughs> but it felt good, right?
1: It felt good, but it was still so scary. You, you know, it's like going to the gym, you know what I mean? Like it feels good after you go, but then you're like, wait, I have to go again?
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> I get that feeling. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah so it's, it, it was kind of like that. So at first it started like, okay, I would do one open mic every two weeks. Then it became one every week. And then it just kept on going until it was like, you know, now I'm doing basically shows every day. Nice. Yeah.
0: And at these open mics, you pay to perform, right? So how did you go from paying to perform to, you said, getting free drink tickets to perform to actually getting paid to perform?
1: Look, I'm, I'm eight years in now. I'm to the point where I just got my first headlining week ever.
0: What does that mean? Like, you're the lead performer?
1: Yeah, I'm the, like, so yeah, I went, so Doug Stanhope, uh, he has a comedy club in uh, Arizona. Okay. And, uh, I mean, he's a part owner with a couple other people, but I went and headlined that comedy club for three nights, um, yeah, uh, last month. And that was my first time, and that was the first time I made, like, legit comedy club money. How much is that? They paid me 1200 for three days. That was so, that's yeah, awesome. and they paid for all my travel and accommodations and stuff like that. Ooh,
0: that's yeah. awesome. It
1: was yeah. really tight, yeah. how sure.
0: do they find you?
1: So what Doug Stanhope tweeted, oh, there's a comedy club in my hometown now, and so if you want to submit, submit. And I think I, think I just was like the, I think I was the first person to submit. Like earlier that day, me and my friend had been talking, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with comedy. And he was like, why don't you try going on the road? And then I was like, I don't know how to do that. And then later that day, Doug Stanhope tweeted, like, new comedy club, and then my friend screenshotted and sent it to me, and then I submitted, and then they just had me come out.
0: Nice. Oh, so he was following him on Twitter or something? Yeah. What do you have to send him to get accepted?
1: I send him just my credits and my video of my set.
0: So, like, a resume and, like, a short video of previous sets? Yeah, because he liked it?
1: Yeah. He said he he said he got 200 submissions and he liked mine the best, which is really crazy. That was like That's a huge so awesome. compliment. Yeah. yeah, that was huge.
0: Was that one of your like, wow, I'm making it moments?
1: Yeah, that was a, yeah. I've had a few I'm have ma- i making it moments, but yeah, that was a big one.
0: How did you transition again from like paying for the open mics to like not yeah. having to pay to getting paid? Because Some people get stuck in open mics forever, right?
1: Yeah. So you can't do too many open mics. If you do only open mics, you will just eventually want to quit. Or, Why? You know, because it's a grind. It's like drudgery. Um, it's hard to make other comedians laugh. So
0: Oh, because the only audience is other people going to the open mic. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks.
1: So, yeah, so essentially the way it works is you do a bunch of open mics, and then the people in the audience have some shows that they book. So you'll do well at a mic. You'll make friends with someone. They'll put you on their show. Now you're, you're getting to perform for real people. And then you start building a feedback loop of that. You're like, okay, you start posting on social media. This is the show I've done. So other people recognize like, okay, we'll put you on a better show. And then you just keep on growing organically. So to make money in comedy, there's literally only a couple things you can do. Like you can perform at a comedy club, but you're not gonna get paid very much unless you're headlining. And then the other way is you can do uh, corporate gigs. So like Google has an event. And, you know, they'll they'll pay pretty decent to get you at one of these events and or you can perform at colleges. Colleges pay a lot. Um, But yeah, uh, so those are literally the only ways to to make money uh, just doing pure stand up.
0: Oh, unless you have, like, you're on show like Amy Schumer or right. a <laughs> Netflix like special, what? Right, right.
1: Or the fourth one is be famous. <laughs> yeah, once you're what? famous, it all falls into place. All <laughs> falls into place. It, It's funny doing this thing because, like, I'm not like like I am a success in terms of that like I'm living off of this, but there's so much further to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, the industry does not necessarily know who I am.
0: Like, who's in like producers of, of shows? Yeah, Central producers- or something. Yeah. Okay.
1: And also, so I need a, I need to, I need to be represented. Like, I have a. I have a commercial agent and I have a college agent, but those, but oh I Oh my don't. God, a
0: college agent just yeah. for booking college gigs? Yeah. Because I was going to ask you, oh, okay. how do you book college gigs yeah. and the corporate gigs? And what was the third one again for profit?
1: Uh, colleges, corporate, and then comedy clubs, but you have to, comedy clubs don't okay. pay very much. So
0: this is like, okay, before you're famous, those are the only three ways to really make money.
1: Yeah. Or be a producer.
0: Which you do. You produce Which I, yeah, but, shows.
1: Yeah, I produce. But I, I, it's, it's weird because I actually don't even consider, I don't consider that stand-up comedy. I'm producing a show. like I'm making money sitting right here like my, while my club is going in San Francisco. I'm not doing any stand-up. I know.
0: It's so chill. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Uh, okay, and you said half your money is from producing things like the comedy club and the festival. And the other half is now from performing, right?
1: The other half is from performing, yeah. So, yeah, colleges, corporate gigs, and uh, whatever, comedy clubs.
0: How did that ratio go over the years? When did the comedy club even start? Like, when that happened in your stand career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, um, the first comedy club that paid me to perform was, oh, it was the Purple Onion in San Francisco, which is closed now. Yeah, I remember. My very first time I made money doing stand-up was I was opening for this comedian named uh, Will Franken, not Al Franken from SNL, but another comedian, Will Franken, and uh, he gave me $50 to host the show, and I was like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Making it, but yeah. So that was the first comedy club, and then uh, I got passed by Live Nation, uh, so that I can perform it. They only have like four comedy clubs, but I uh, so I can basically host at their sh- at their clubs and get. Look, it's it's only like fifty bucks for like doing a spot.
0: <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by you got passed by Live Nation?
1: Being passed by Live Nation means that you auditioned and they said, yeah, you can work for us.
0: How did you find that audition?
1: So, oh right, so the. Live Nation has a comedy club in San Francisco called The Punchline. Right. Um,
0: very yeah, famous. So, yeah. Very
1: famous, yeah. And so they have a process where you have to go every Sunday for eight months and just sit there. And then they'll put you up one time. And then...
0: Wait, every Sunday for eight months, you just sit there for how long?
1: The whole show. So there's, there's a showcase on Sundays... Of, like, locals. Okay. So you go for eight months. You sit there and you watch the show.
0: For, like, an hour?
1: Yeah. It's, like, the show's about two hours. Like, you could leave, but, you know, like, you show face every Sunday. Okay. And then they put you up one time on that show.
0: How do they choose who goes up?
1: The booker is just walking around. He's, like, looking, like, who's been waiting and stuff like that. And then... And they
0: purposely choose people who have been sitting there a lot. They've seen a lot.
1: Yeah. They're, like, okay, you've been coming here for a long time, eight months or whatever. And they're, like... Tonight's your shot. You're going up.
0: That's an interesting strategy. It's like we only want people who really want. It yeah, yeah, to yeah, go. yeah.
1: I mean, I liked it. I was like, oh, I have to, I have to watch comedy every Sunday. Like, oh, oh. yeah, you're
0: like the dream. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll just sit here and <laughs> That's, just watch. It, the dream. Okay, cool. So you picked you up to go up, and uh, went I went
1: up, up. I did well, and then
0: for a couple, like three minutes. So, or how long?
1: They put you up for first time. They put you up for six minutes.
0: Cool. Yeah. And then there's like some judges who think you're funny.
1: Uh, well, it's, the Booker is there. Okay. And so he liked my set, and then I had an audition, and then I passed the audition. So then that was the first time I had a comedy club paying me money to perform.
0: And that was how many years out there?
1: Yeah, I think it was probably like four years into comedy. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: So to summarize, booking comedy club gigs and getting corporate gigs, those just come from performing constantly, having people notice you, making friends of other comedians who then invite you to perform on their shows. So do a lot of comedians end up producing shows to get ahead?
1: Yeah. you. I think as a comic, you have to produce to, okay. because you have to provide, yeah, because I, I mean, some people can get by on being just like so fucking funny that like people just have to book them. But like by and large, you have to be providing some sort of value to people to get to meet everybody like no, you know what? No, even the there. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you're a good comic, you have to produce a show. There are some great comics right now. Yeah, they all run shows
0: because okay. that, that's
1: how you meet everybody.
0: All right, guys. So if you're disorganized and don't want to produce, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going
1: to happen. You have to. Like, yeah, so okay. many people are like, oh, I just want to be a comic. I don't want to. I don't want to run a show. I just want to do. I just want to work on my comedy. It's like okay, but yeah, no, you're not going to get to know anybody.
0: Can you explain to me what producing is and what it involves?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're producing. But if you're just producing a comedy show, like, you got to find the venue, you got to make sure uh, you have the right, a good time slot, you got to uh, book the comedians, you have to do all the, the branding, um, you know, flyers, you have to figure out ticketing, um, and you have to get your advertising and promotion.
0: Hmm. Besides a producer, what else do you need to start a comedy club?
1: Yeah, you need a venue. You need a dope-ass venue, and they have to be on board with comedy. I think if you find the right venue, then you start from there.
0: Okay, and um, what else?
1: Oh, and I think you need a regular cadence. Like, oh, it's every second Thursday. Like, something regular. I, I, I don't really understand producing shows where it's like, this is my comedy show, and it happens randomly. But, you know, there, there's, people do it all sorts of different ways. Like I mean, there, there's, this, uh, there's this group right now called Don't Tell, And, uh, they do shows where they don't, it's in a different place every single time.
0: What? Oh, like So Far Sounds, where it's like a cool mystery?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you, you buy a ticket and the, you, it says what neighborhood it's going to be in. And then, uh, on the day of they'll tell you, so you buy tickets and then on the day of they'll tell you the address.
0: Oh, it's exactly like So Far Sounds. So how did you start your first comedy club, the setup in San Francisco? How did you meet your co-producer, Abai?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I met Abai at a really bad open mic. So we just stayed in touch, and then um, Abai just messaged me one day. He was like, I found the coolest venue. Let's go check it out.
0: Okay, cool. So he was like, I found this venue. Do you know how he found that venue? Was he like looking to start a comedy club?
1: Yeah, you know, um, yeah. there used to be an open mic at that venue. And I just looked at the space, and he was like, oh, if there were people here, this would be a great show. Oh, it used to be uh, it used to be uh, an electronic club. So th- the DJ would start at ten p.m. So we're like, oh, we're, we'll do shows at eight p.m. because nothing was going on before that. It was totally dead. So yeah. we're like, we'll just bring people in. He was like, hell yeah! Literally, it was free to start, and That's we just sweet. designed some art. Like, uh, it's it's just like it's just logistical work. You yeah. know what I mean? Make a poster, make a ticket link, make book the comedians. You
0: yeah. Know? But, Market the show. But I'm sure there's other people who tried to launch comedy clubs in San Francisco who failed. So I'm wondering, what made the setup so successful? How did it rise so quickly?
1: I think literally the main problem people have is just, like, getting... Well, so maybe people could get people to show up to a show one time, but then, you know, they fuck it up somehow. Like, they, uh, they put the wrong comedians on, or they put, like, 20 comedians on... So, like, I think we just did everything right. We got people to the show. We made sure the show was 80 minutes long. We made sure that everybody was good. We, uh... I, oh, one important thing we did was we charged money for our show. Like, a lot of comedy shows don't even charge money.
0: Oh, how much did you charge in the beginning?
1: Our, in the beginning, we just charged, like, $5. Yeah, so now we're up to $15, and we're like, okay, people are Ooh, like...
0: Ooh, 15
1: 15 and you have to buy a drink. So it's Oh, like, my God,
0: that's, like... But twenty five bucks. <laughs> you have
1: to spend twenty five dollars to come. Yeah, so it makes it like legit. You're like, do you respect comedy? Yes. Okay, show up and let's do this.
0: What are your strategies for choosing which comedians to book for a show?
1: Being a booker is a very hard thing. Like, it's super hard to say no to people. Like, I'm in a position now where it's like people are like asking me for stuff all the time, and I, if I said yes to everybody, I would basically ruin all my shows. So I'm in a position where I have to say no to people just to keep the quality of my shows good. And then that hurts people's feelings. And then, you know, there's this whole thing like.
0: Right. It, Cause you're friends of all these people.
1: Yeah. These are my friends. And I'm being like, yeah, you're not good enough.
0: <laughs> How do you reject them?
1: Yeah. Usually I'll be like, uh, you know, send me another video in six months. Like, I think you're funny. I just think right now, maybe your act needs to be a little tighter.
0: Nice. Do you feel like people would treat you differently because you're a booker? And can decide who gets to perform?
1: You know, it's like, it's it's weird because hey, you can't really tell the difference. Because I, I noticed as soon as I started that show that like, oh, people liked me more. The setup? Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, this is like interesting. Like, I'm, like, I'm relevant now. So it's like, you know, it's it's hard to like tease apart human emotions and stuff like that. Right. Like, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, when you have something and people want it, they're nice to you. And it's really difficult to tell if they're, they're just being nice to you or if they want something.
0: That's true, but you can also tell if you click or you don't click.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You'll have
0: more problems like this when you're famous, so just like, you're uh, like you just uh, like you'll have uh, it later. Cool, so we covered how you set up the setup. Uh, no pun intended. You also have a successful comedy club in LA called The Bunker. Was setting up a comedy club in LA a similar process to the setup?
1: Yeah, so I tried producing the improv, I tried producing at this restaurant called Genghis Cohen. They have a side room. I tried producing at the West Side Comedy Theater. Uh, I I tried producing at this club called Three Clubs.
0: Oh, wow. Like four different attempts. Okay.
1: Yeah. And uh, I feel like there's even one more. But, um, oh, yeah. (laughs) I tried producing at this place called Beetle House. Uh, So that's five places. But, no, the bunker succeeded because, basically, I have control over the entire venue it's my venue so the same thing
0: because you you pay rent for it yeah I'm, okay. re- I'm
1: renting it yeah okay so i can do anything i want no one can tell me like when to produce a show or like you know what to do with it so at the at the improv they were telling me like my, they would give me spots at like 10 p.m on wednesday i'm like I, no one's gonna come you know i can't yeah. it's hard to get people out then s- same thing yeah west side they would give me really bad time slots um Genghis Cohen was okay but then they renovated the space and then after the renovation they were like the the owner was giving me a hard time about restarting our shows um and the three clubs oh my god that space is amazing but the owner would just randomly cancel our show one or two days before the show for like a private event or something like that they were just like literally they're just like okay what makes more money oh this private event cancel the comedy show it's just like and so they just like dicked us around. because oh, you
0: didn't have like a contract or anything, so they can just do that. Yeah, that sucks. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then, but then the bunker is like. So I was like, okay, so I need to have full control. That's the only way for me to to like stop all these things from happening. Yeah. Like I want to have the best time slot. I don't want my show to be canceled, and I want to make the space look exactly like I want it to look.
0: Okay. Which was what are what are those things? Did you choosing? For the bunker
1: yeah like we made it look very similar to the setup like um same thing it's got super low ceilings um and it's really like vintage in there like we have these booths from the 70s in there Um, then we oh we put like these really cool edison lights all over the place so it's like this like reddish glow is everywhere and um same thing as the setup we really pack it in like the room is i mean it's maybe like 800 square feet total but we fit like 50 people in there okay <laughs> like it, it's like a tiny
0: yeah
1: it, it would be like a tiny a studio apartment but then you know we're f- putting in like 50 people and it's also got the speakeasy vibe because like you can't tell that there's a club there from the street
0: are we allowed to talk about the finances because that's what i'm really curious about.
1: oh my god I, I, am i allowed to talk about the finances of the setup um, let me think about that I mean I, I could do it like this like you could just figure out how much money we make just based on how many shows we have and the capacity so you know it's like I, I don't really want to because Abai is my co-producer and I don't want to just give away his information totally without, get it yeah. um, without his permission but you know think about it we have shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday we've got two shows on Saturday the venue seats about 70 uh, each ticket is $15 Um you know, we most of the shows are sold out. The the Wednesdays and Thursdays kind of are are lower, and the the shows basically every week. And you know, I would say like advertising money is basically maybe like at this point it's not very much. It's maybe fifteen percent of our our budget. So
0: is that your only cost?
1: Yeah, I don't think we have any other costs other than that. Yeah, at this point it runs itself. Yeah, cool. I mean, and, and we you know. And we, you know, give some money to the performers,
0: too. Nice. That's so nice. <laughs> I know. It's so, for so nice of us. So yeah. rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: Well, that is true. I mean, most people do stand-up for free. So Yeah, it's... you
0: don't just give them copy credit meals. <laughs> this is we like give films. <laughs> them...
1: Yeah, it's funny. I've made so many drink tickets from comedy.
0: Oh, that's your only foreign pay? A drink ticket?
1: Like, at most places. No, I, I give people money. But then <laughs> I give them money and a drink.
0: Right. I meant like when you were performing. Yeah, me? generally.
1: Yeah. yeah. Generally when I perform, it's like people are only giving me drinks. Got it. In LA. If you go okay. outside of LA, then people are going to give you some money.
0: Okay. How about the bunker? Because you actually pay for rent. So you have a lot more costs there. And you only have one show a week. So yeah, is that just like on the rise to become profitable right now?
1: Yeah. I think the bunker is just, the bunker is like making a little bit of money right now. But we only have shows on Saturdays. So once we start adding Fridays, it'll... Because, you know, Saturdays basically pay pay for our rent and give us a little more money. But once we add a Friday, that'll be pure profit.
0: So what do you do with the venue? Like, um, Sunday through Friday right now?
1: Uh, It's empty most days, but uh, we we rent it out for random stuff. Like, um, you know, Free Farm TV filmed a scene for one of their shows there in a comedy club. They rented it out. Um, we have it listed on PeerSpace, so people rent it out for all sorts of stuff. Like there was a high school talent show the other day.
0: Oh, nice! <laughs> that's that's actually really smart. When do you start paying the comedians?
1: I think as soon as you're, as soon as the business is making money, then yes. you want to start paying. Like, so like yeah, right now at the bunker, like on a weekly basis, we are making some money, but like I'm in debt overall, so mm. I have to like shave all that down. Once we so I don't pay any comedians right now. So once I get that figured out once once we're we are in the black, then I'll start paying people.
0: Nice. Yeah. What's um what's the average that people get paid for these things? It's like a ten minute set or something?
1: Yeah. I mean people don't get paid very much. I mean it, it's like it's like twenty bucks for eight minutes. Okay. You show up, you get twenty bucks, you get your drink and you Hey, do but
0: times seven, that's like, you know, like a hundred forty yeah. dollars an hour. <laughs> right, pretty
1: much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird with the payment, because it's like, you know, it's like, suppose there's 70 people at the show, then $15 a ticket, you're making, like, around $900, but then, you know what, 150 went to advertising, and then another 150 went to the comedian, so then you're taking home 600 bucks, which is cool, but it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, so $20 is fair, whatever, yeah. like... It's fine. I performed at the Ice House on Saturday, and they gave me thirty five dollars.
0: Yeah, I was like, "Is that the most?" I was going to ask, "What's the most you can get for a set? Oh no! And then the
1: Punchline: If you're like do a short set, you get like fifty bucks, and then it, it depends on where you are. So if you're hosting at the Punchline, you get fifty bucks. If you're uh, if, the middle spot, you're getting like a hundred bucks for a spot, and then if you're headlining, then it's just like a it's up up in the air.
0: Was when you first started making. Money off comedy. I'm guessing it was more money from the comedy club first, right? Yeah. Was there like like this moment when like it started becoming fifty fifty from also performing, or was it just gradual? And you're like, oh, it's fifty fifty now.
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, it was very gradual. Like, I mean, at first, I was like, you know, I was like digging into my savings, and then like, you know the the setup took off and then yeah so then it was like okay like I could you know I could pay for like flights and like my rent w- with that stuff but then you know still like I was digging in and then like you know the, yeah I would say the the producing part is what took off first and then the like it, money from my actual stand up came second cuz people also gained notoriety by being associated with the setup
0: nice Oh, is that true for most people like they produce first and perform and get the money
1: i think so yeah i mean you need something that like brings you to relevance like so people now it's funny like people message the setup just like and they're like oh, excuse me we need a comedian for our event this is crazy i booked my friend to perform at a 50th birthday party for uh f- just for like 60 people in big sur for ten thousand dollars
0: holy crap <laughs> yeah that was Why'd such you a do it thing.
1: I, didn't, I was like, I don't even want to go. I just want to, I just, let's just make money here. You know what I mean?
0: Did you get percentage of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, totally. so you're like an agent now.
1: I'm an agent now. You have
0: so many different jobs. You're <laughs> <laughs> like producer, booker, social media, an agent.
1: I know. It's, I, but I also feel like that's what LA is. It's like you do everything.
0: Everyone is a multi hyphenate here, yeah, honestly. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. Cool. When do you know if you're ready to move from ASF to LA? Like from oh, a smaller good. region to Los Angeles.
1: Good question. Yeah, and you know, Los
0: Angeles versus New York. I'm
1: curious. Oh wow, I love this question. Well, okay. Well, the first one, uh, moving to leaving San Francisco is like you basically want to leave before you um, you become too big of a fish in a small pond. Some comedians um, can make it from San Francisco, but what happens is like they'll get an opportunity down in LA. Like somebody will hear about them because they did something in San Francisco. And then that opportunity, that event will bring them to something in LA. Like, wow, we heard you won the competition in San Francisco. Do you want to come down to LA to showcase for some people? So if something like that happens, then you should probably move to LA. Um, But for me, I hit the ceiling in San Francisco in terms of just what there was to accomplish.
0: Right. Yeah. You're like, I have the punchline, the number one club in um SF, so it's pretty obvious for you.
1: Yeah, so then I was like, let's just go. And uh, that's when I moved.
0: Is it possible to move too soon?
1: It is possible to move too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, I would say, like... Because LA is crazy like for comedy like it eats people up like there are multiple comedians from San Francisco that have moved here and been like, oh fuck and then just have like moved back to San Francisco.
0: So is it is it impossible to like have no comedy background and just start in LA and actually make it you think
1: it is possible yeah, but you have to have uh, this extreme tenacity and you have to have a lot of confidence um, and you have to leave LA a lot also because in LA you can st- feel insignificant here. Do and you
0: feel significant here?
1: Uh,
0: Are not insignificant. <laughs>
1: not insignificant. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know what? I, I'm
1: I'm I'm gaining relevance right now in LA. So like I'm feeling Ooh. more significant.
0: Uh, yeah. How do you think?
1: Just like I think everybody knows me now
0: because you perform and met so many people.
1: Yeah, I've performed so many places. I've you know I booked my show at the Bunker, which has a reputation for being amazing. Now I'm producing this festival, which if it Succeeds, which I think it should, like it will literally be the biggest comedy festival that it'll, it'll be uh, the biggest stand up comedy festival that LA has ever had. Our like, if somebody gets into this festival, they're gonna get to perform for literally, I mean, the biggest TV executives, casting directors, book bookers, agents, managers. They're all gonna sit in one room and watch comedians do comedy. We want like a thousand submissions. Yeah. And then we're going to pick the 40 best ones. And then we have to organize, um, you know, whatever shows, all this, the show schedule. Then we got to get some like branding. These like, we got to make signs. We have to organize after parties. We have to like.
0: Ooh, can I come?
1: Hell yeah, you can come. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can do my plus Amazing. one.
0: Amazing. I'm so excited. Wait, we forgot to talk about why you chose LA over New York. Can you explain how you made that decision?
1: Oh, my God. That's actually a really interesting question. And I'm, I, I thought about this a lot. I like the dynamic between the two cities. L.A. is like really interesting. On the one hand, it's superficial. But on the other hand, you know what? OK, so L.A. is like the Wild West. It's like you don't have to work that hard, but something could pop at any minute. Like L.A. is all about working smart. You know what I mean? It's like networking, uh, thinking of like ways to do things creating interesting projects. New York is like a grind. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna perform four times a night. You know, I'm gonna pick up fifty dollars at each club. There's still like a comedy club system there. You know what I mean? Like what does that mean? Like there's enough comedy clubs there that where that can still be a thing that like, oh yeah, my thing is I, I perform at four comedy clubs a night and i'm I'm able to make my rent doing that
0: l a doesn't have enough to do that
1: no there's like you can't make a living just performing off of comedy clubs in l a so what a lot of people say uh and is they say get good in your hometown, then go to New York City to practice like hell, and then go to l a when you're ready to be seen
0: nice, and you skipped New York because you had already risen so fast <gasps> I like
1: yeah, yeah well, I skipped it for a couple of reasons. I skipped it because uh I felt like I got a little bit of a late start. Yeah. And so I also was like, well, I could go to New York for a few years and like grind or let's just see if I can do it. Mm. And so I just decided to risk it and just go straight to LA. That
0: totally makes sense. Okay. So next I wanted to talk about agents and managers. What kind of agents do you have right now?
1: I have a commercial agent. So they send me in for commercial auditions and I have a college agent they uh, just handled my, like, bookings through NACA.
0: How did you get the college agent?
1: I just submitted. And I had... I, so I looked at other people on the roster. So I'm with KP Comedy. It's, like, this really good college agency. Like, I'm so stoked. Um
0: you just and, submit your resume, your headshot, and, like, you're real?
1: Yeah, pretty much. And I also needed recommendations from people already on their roster. So, uh Yeah, so I got a few, like, recs and got in. Yeah. That's... Um, that's actually a big like success for me.
0: That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. What type of agents are you seeking or managers? Or are you Yeah,
1: a- I need a uh, I need a comedy manager. Okay. And I need like a theatrical agency.
0: Right. Okay. So theatrical agency will submit use of films and television. Yeah. What does the comedy manager do?
1: It's just a person who basically like kind of knows the industry and just kind of guides your, your career. It's a vague job, but like, you know, your manager will be like, you know what? I think you should make a video about this.
0: Because oh.
1: I think, you know, and like, oh, okay. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll do that. I also want to write, I, I want a lit agent. Because I have a, oh. I have a, 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 I wrote basically a pilot for myself. Nice. Yeah. So I want, you know, someone to see that. So.
0: Wait, so why did college choice need an agent?
1: Oh, because it's a whole, uh, like, th- the way the college system works is there are, uh, there are like six or seven conferences around the uh, US and every entertainment department at each college attends these conferences and then they watch all the people showcasing and then whoever they like, they book them for acts at their college. So the submission process to get into these conferences is pretty complicated. And so you just have an agency to manage it for you. Because Yeah, because if you're trying to do it on your own, it's like, you're like, what? Like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like, I want to learn the system. <gasps> I thought the student council booked the comedians.
1: Yeah, well, the student council will show up to the, these conferences.
0: Oh, so you're getting judged by, like, 19-year-olds. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, you're not funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
1: ridiculous. I, I feel so weird being there. <laughs>
0: wow, your judge is, like, a 19-year-old. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah, this kid, just like, picking his nose and, like, <laughs> and like, you know, like, squeezing something. He's, like, that playing is- with, like, Transformers. He's, like, I don't like this guy.
0: <laughs> I wish I was on student council and college <laughs> just to go to this showcase.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Awesome. Why haven't you gotten a comment? a manager yet? Did you not submit? Or, I-, I don't
1: know. You know what? I think that's the kind of thing where they have to come to you. So that's part of what this festival is. It's, okay. like, I'm going to basically force... A room of people to watch me with a uh, with a manager. It's almost like a personal relationship. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's just like it has to be organic. And mm-hmm. even if you were to submit, like you would basically be looking up their email on IMDb, being like, "Hey, would you want to meet for coffee?" And then hoping to build a personal connection. You know, but
0: how many comedians does one manager usually have?
1: Uh, maybe like a man. Not, not that many, but it, it could be like five or six.
0: What's next for you? What do you see yourself? What's now? next?
1: Yeah, for Richard Sarvante. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna take it as it comes, and uh I think, like I said, I'm just gonna keep saying yes. I gotta just make sure this festival goes off without a hitch. I want the bunker to become really successful. Like we have good Saturday shows right now. I want it to be like a full time club. Like there should be shows happening there basically every night. That God. would be ideal. Aww. Yeah. And then I want to have, oh, you know what I want to do? I want to, man, it's a lot of stuff. I want the setup to become like a, um, a, like a label, basically. Okay. Yeah. It'll be like a bunch of rec comedians will be putting their albums out on the setup label because the setup is such a good place to record. We're already having labels uh, have their comedians record their albums at the setup, but I think it would just be better to have the setup be its own label. And then I have some uh, tracks streaming on a Sirius right now, so okay. I want to, I want to get that going because like S- XM Radio, like their comedy channels are kind of taking off. Like,
0: Ooh, okay, yeah.
1: there's a channel called Laugh USA, and it's yeah. like you, it's all clean comedy, and so like basically people are just driving and listening to their, uh, <laughs> they're driving and like with their families and they're like, let's put on some clean comedy for the car ride. <laughs> you know? And so, so I kind of want to get more tracks on there. Do
0: these comedian tracks have like a clean and bad version of, like music?
1: That'd be hilarious.
0: What do you think is the biggest mistake you've made in your comedy career?
1: Oh, in my comedy career? Oh. You know what? My biggest mistake is uh, for the long time I didn't watch other comedians. Like, because I have this thing where I like tune out a lot. Uh, and so I would just do my set and then just leave or sit around and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, now it's like I, as I'm watching other people, I mean, these are my peers. Like, we have to, like, evolve together.
0: You watch to learn.
1: Yeah, you watch and learn. Like, the more you watch comedy, the better you get at it. So now I'm, like, watching right. comedy all the time. But
0: What do you think was, like, the smartest or best thing you did for your comedy career?
1: Mm. Oh, you know what it is? Oh, I know what it is as not being obsessed with hanging out with the cool kids. Like, cause I literally just hung out with people that I got along with and I made no attempt to be like, Oh, that person's like in like, I got to like be friends with that person. Like a lot of times, like um, people that have helped me the most are people that are like not very popular and stuff like that. But they have like these weird special skills that like, you know, you just would never know. And so I just, I was like, oh, these people are my friends. I just want to hang out with my friends and do comedy.
0: Yeah, that's super reassuring. I feel like people always feel like they need to network with people they don't want to hang out with. So next question. I strongly believe that to succeed, you have to feel like you're doing something that would cause you shame later on or else no one else will care.
1: Oh my God, that's so good.
0: What were you most ashamed about?
1: I mean, I was super embarrassed to be doing stand-up, and, like, m- my coworkers being like, oh, you you go on stage and tell jokes? It, it feels like a dumb hobby. Like, it felt dumb to have, like, this dream, you know? Like, oh, well, like, who am I? It, it, people do that. Like, when you do stand-up, they're like, who are you to... You think you're going to make all these people laugh? It's, like, antagonistic.
0: Oh, yeah, they're like, we talk every day, and you barely make me laugh. Yeah, 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 like- yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: you haven't made me laugh one time. You're a... <laughs> Fucking stand up comedian? uh Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I felt a lot of shame around that. And then I also like, and I wasn't very good, you know, when I yeah. first started. So, and yeah. like all my coworkers came to like one of my shows and I didn't do that well and I had to see those people for like three years. Like that shit, that was painful.
0: So, when was the first time you were like, I suck at this. I should quit?
1: Oh, yeah. That's like all the time. Like I still feel like that. Okay. Yeah. And, but there was a... Uh, so, f- yeah, let me think. Uh, four months into comedy, I bombed really, really hard at uh, this club in Pleasanton called Tommy T's. Okay. And I was like, I I I, was, I, I just thought, like, I can't do this. Like, this is too hard. So I took, like, an eight-month break. Okay. And um, But then after eight months, I was like, I have to <laughs> get back to it.
0: Was it because you enjoyed it or because you... Wanted to prove yourself, or because you believed in yourself?
1: Yeah, I knew there was something pulling me towards it. I, I could just feel it. I knew it was what I wanted to do, and I was like, "It's just, I, 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 I oh, and I, I just had to figure out some way to get back into it." So I started taking comedy classes. Oh,
0: there's stand-up comedy classes. Uh, was it helpful?
1: It was really gradual. There were some a couple things that I learned that were really helpful, like. Uh, One thing that stuck with me was never to go with, like, your first attempt at something and, like, discard the first three versions. And then, like, the fourth, fifth, sixth, that's, like, actually good stuff.
0: People have such different senses of humor, though. So how do you know it's because it's not funny or just because the people you give it to just happen to not find it funny?
1: Yeah, with stand-up, you really have to have a lot of self-confidence because, yeah, usually, well, Chris Rock has a good... Uh, take on it he says that if the audience isn't laughing it's probably because you haven't explained it properly it's not that the joke isn't funny because it is funny it made you laugh so you it's your job now to explain why it's funny
0: so now it's just delivery basically now it's
1: delivery yeah i mean the way i think of it at this point is like i'm just not gonna stop so it doesn't matter if i'm good or if i'm bad so, because this
0: is what you love to do?
1: Yeah, like, I really like doing it. And, you know, if I if I suck at this, then I guess people are going to have to deal with that.
0: Because like, you love it. Yeah, because
1: yeah, I'm it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is love up here.
0: Okay. Let's say you have a friend that you're really tight with and he says to you, Richard, I really want to get into comedy. What is the, the most efficient way to get there? Like, give me this, like, five-minute guide to it what would you say?
1: Well, the five minute guide to getting into comedy. Yeah. No. Uh, so you're someone who hasn't done comedy before.
0: Yeah. Basically make the summary of all the best things we just talked about.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, the first thing you, Oh, Oh, you know what? All, all you got to do is you got to figure out a way to just get on stage. Cause fighting through that initial uh, resistance of just walking to the stage and just talking into it is the thing that scares most people. And so, if you can just if you can just not think too much and just get up there and do your thing and just judge later, then that's like that attitude will help you a lot.
0: Basically, get on stage as much as you can. Doesn't matter. Yeah, just get on
1: stage. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you bomb. Just get on stage as much as you can. write as much as you can. Like it's gonna. Yeah, you just have to keep on going. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry too much about all the logistics. As long as you just keep moving the ball, then eventually everything falls into place. Right. Cause if
0: you keep performing, you're going to keep meeting people and you're going to get like more gigs that way. Do you feel like anyone could do it if they tried hard enough and were passionate enough about it?
1: Yeah. One of my friends was telling me he wanted to have, uh, he wanted to, um, do an experiment where somebody would try to become a successful stand-up comedian without doing comedy. <laughs> So,
0: so oh, we what? So, <laughs> you, you gotta perform, right? You,
1: you perform, but you don't try at all. You just go up there and you go like, "Well, traffic is weird, isn't it? You know, like I mean, all these people everywhere." <laughs> I, I was in my car and this guy was jogging <laughs> faster than me. You know, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you yeah, you can learn how to do comedy. Like it's like because you see the same patterns over and over and over again, and then as, you just have to uh, adapt to those.
0: Yeah, everyone has a sense of humor. Yeah. Giving you 30 seconds to promote. Anything you want, shouts to anyone. What do you want to say?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you can now find me on my website, richardsarvante.com, which uh, Christine told me was available.
0: And... <laughs> Sorry, I'll give you extra seconds. So I can tell this. Okay. Fun fact. Um,
1: okay, yeah. So... His
0: website was rsarvante.com because... Richard Cervade got stolen from a Russian hacker who turned into a porn website and asked Richard to pay him twenty thousand right. dollars to get it back because Richard did not do auto renew for his domain name. <laughs> and the only reason Richard now knows it's not a porn site is because I was stalking him yesterday to research this interview. And I was like, Richard com is totally available, <laughs> and he bought the domain during this interview.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I'm so. I mean that. Was- was the the main purpose that we did this is to <laughs> get me a real website because
0: <laughs> okay i'm giving you your 30 seconds back for the okay, okay. for the shout outs and um what, whatever you want to do
1: right now yeah i mean if you're in san francisco you must go to the setup It is the most amazing comedy club if you're in los angeles you must go to the bunker it is such a good comedy club <laughs> and also in january look out for the southland comedy festival it's going to be the biggest comedy festival that la has probably ever seen
0: all right guys that was richard Servate. isn't he amazing Make sure to catch a show at the Southland Comedy Festival this week if you're in the LA area. I hope you've learned a lot and you enjoyed my interview. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions for me or any of my guests, please reach out on the newschoolpodcast.com. I read every message, I swear. Have a great day, guys. Try something new today.